Hello everyone and welcome to episode 43 of the Talking Football Podcast with me, Derek Clark. Every week we try and bring you a first-class interview with some of the most interesting and colourful characters involved in the game. If you're just joining us for the first time, you can go back and listen to a vast array of quality interviews in the archives, which can all be found on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean and by visiting DerekClarkSports.co.uk. In this episode, we hear from a man who truly wore his heart in his sleeve wherever he went, a real fan's favourite at the likes of Bournemouth, Aston Villa, Tranmere and Motherwell. It is, of course, Sean Teal. Sean really is a guy who doesn't shy away from speaking his mind, and it made for a fascinating interview where he talks about his career in the game, including the time they threw away the Premier League title, beating Manchester United in the Coca-Cola Cup final at Wembley, fallouts with bosses and the reason why he left Fur Park. It's another super listen, so sit back and enjoy this week's episodes of the Talking Football Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the, the Talking Football Podcast. I'm delighted to say we're joined this week by former Aston Villa and Motherwell favourite and Tranmere as, as well, Sean Teal. Sean, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome, no problem. Um, great career in the game, Sean. You were growing up in, in Southport back in, born in 1964. What, what was life like growing up back then? Uh, pretty good. You know, uh, most of my life was, was based around playing football at weekends. Um, you know, you go and do your schoolwork, and then Friday, Friday bell goes, and it's like home, right? Let's get ready for football. Um, and obviously, in them days, there was there was no such thing as playing too much football. So we mm-hmm. we play Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think that was that was a norm back then. Um, did you play for yeah. uh, Did you play for the, your school in a number of little boys clubs at, at that time? Yeah, I played for I played for a club in Southport. I lived in Southport at the time. I played for a club called Birchdale United at the time, um, and then I played for the the Boys Brigade in the afternoon, and then I'd play for the same Birchdale team on the Sunday morning, and then I'd find the game somewhere on the Sunday afternoon. So we we were just all we did was play football. Every time we had a, a school holiday, we all met down at the field and sat there all day and played football. Yeah, that, those were the days. Did you, did you have a, a, a a football team that you followed? Did you follow Southport or did you follow anyone else? No, I was. I grew up an Everton fan, um, and then obviously I joined them as an apprentice at fifteen. Uh, Howard Kendall let me go at seventeen, and wow. <laughs> that was my love affair with Everton finished. <laughs> <laughs> after that, I, hate, I hated them. After that, I couldn't. I couldn't bear. And then, and then, quite soon, I came. I went into non-league, and and um, things went quite well for me. I played it. You know, outposts out like Ellesmere Port and places like that, and ended up at Southport. Um, and then Kenny Dalglish took me on on uh, trial to Liverpool. Um, oh. And I was I was there sixteen weeks. Had a fantastic time. Uh, loved every minute of it, but never really got to play in games. I was sort of Southport wouldn't because I was on contract. They wouldn't let me play, and there was all sorts of issues going on financially. And in the end, Liverpool let me go. Um, so that was another love affair finished with. <laughs> so I was I was clubless again. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Everton stuff when you get let go after I mean being a young boy then did did you sort of think I need to look for some another avenue another career to look at here or be quite confident that you you'd find a, a career you'll carve a career in the game. Um, I was always confident in my own ability. I always felt I could I could get something out of the game. Um, but you're right. You know, you have to you have to look at other things. At, at that time, money was really tight in football. Um, so I did I did the, the mundane thing then. Of, I wrote to all the local clubs around me, uh, Wigan, all them kind of places that were fairly close, even as far as Leeds, Huddersfield, places like that. Um, and just waited for answers to see if I could get a game, see if I, I could impress anyone. And in the meantime, I had, a, I had a girlfriend at the time and she got me a job working in a, a shop called Stylo Shoes, which was a shoe shop, Yeah. Um, which was just, it doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Do you remember the old boots, the Stylo boots? Yeah, 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 I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> same company, same company. So there's me trudging off to work every day in Southport selling shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. Um, so were you, yeah. I mean, when, when you, I mean, you played with, with Southport and, and, like you say, uh, Weymouth as well. You went down there. Um, Weymouth was quite, quite, a, quite, quite a jaunt for you, Sean. Were you, were you quite happy to go down there? Weymouth was the best move I ever made in my career. Funny enough, wow. Um, because it, because it, got, it, it set me off on the on the road to becoming a pro. Um, 
I was playing at Norfolk at the time. I'd been there about three months. We'd done quite well. We'd stayed up in the conference, which we were expected to do. Kicked off the next season, started okay. Um, and then I got a call off the manager from Northwich, uh, a fellow called Cliff Roberts. And he, he, he says to me, listen, he says, uh, Weymouth have come in for you. Weymouth's a big non-league club, and they were at the time. Yeah. They, they just sold the ground to Asda for £8 million. Asda built them a brand-new all-purpose stadium, um, training ground, everything. And he says, speak to the manager. He's a fellow called Stuart Morgan. See what he says. Call me back and tell me what he's offered you, and I'll tell you whether you should go or not. <laughs> So, which is quite quite strange. So I did exactly that. I spoke to Stuart. I was on I was on forty five pound a week at, at Northwich. Uh, I spoke to Stuart, and Stuart offered me one hundred and fifty quid a week, a house to live in, wow. the promise of getting me a job, and the chance of getting into the football league within two years. So I phoned Cliff back, and I opened my mouth and, and mentioned the hundred and fifty quid. He said, "See ya." <laughs> <laughs> and I literally on on Cliff's say so. I signed for Stuart at, at Weymouth uh, and it worked out almost to the detail of what he'd said to me within two years I was at Bournemouth um, yeah. you know and and not on easy street because you're never on easy street as a pro you've got to work at your game all the time but you know I, I could put the painting and decorating to one side which I'd been doing all the time I was in Weymouth um, and, and just go and play football which was you know exactly what I'd, I'd wanted since I was a kid yeah, absolutely. So you joined Bournemouth, of course, in '89, and the famous Harry Redknapp was in charge there. What what, what was he like as, as a coach, John? Um, I got on quite well with Harry to start with. We fell out at the end, but you know it is what it is. Um, I got on quite well with Harry. Uh, I was lucky in a sense because I signed, and they were quite a settled team, going quite well in the old in the old second division as it was then. Yeah, um, and then Kevin Bond got a. Uh, a bad injury to his hip and needed uh, bone graft in his hip, which meant he'd be out the whole se- the rest of the season, which just basically walked me straight into the team. Um, and I never really looked back, to be honest. I had such a good time at Bournemouth. I played. I, I, I just hit hit the ground running. Um, I think in, in my two year, full seasons there, I won every Player of the Year trophy that was going in two years, um, yeah. which is sort of quite a jump considering I was playing non-league. You know. Six months earlier. Yeah, I was, um, I was going to say that. Yeah, did you guess you must have just took it all in your stride and, and you didn't notice much of the uh, much of a golf then? No, no I, I, of course I made mistakes every now and again. You know, everybody does. But and I was learning all the time. But you know, we, we had a we had a, a coach, Jimmy Gabriel, the ex Everton player. Um, yeah. It was really really good with me. Spent a lot of time with me, helping me. You know, pointing pointing my, my bad points out during training. Um, and it just it, it just worked for me. Bournemouth was the right place at the right time. Um, and then, of course, uh, in nineteen ninety, there was the, there was the crash in Italy, which put Harry out of the game completely. Yeah. Um, Tony Pulis took over as as uh, player coach, um, and things were all right with Tony. I got on with Tony, great. And, and then the move came to Villa. It just came out of the blue. There'd been a lot of talk of me going to Wimbledon and Reading and places like City, even. Um, but the first ones that really came in were, were, were Villa. Um, so, of course, you don't say no, do you? You go and speak to them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And before we go on, uh, Villa, Sean, I mean, Bournemouth, of course, riding high and under Eddie Howe in the Premier League. Could you ever imagine they, they would they would be doing so well uh, when you when you were at them back then? Um, well, it's funny because we were, we were sort of on the verge of something quite, uh, well, really good at one point. My first season there, we were, we were brilliant. So I think we came... If I'm right, I think we finished fifth, which was really mm-hmm. high for Bournemouth. And we felt we could go better. I, I tore my media ligaments, which left me out the game for five months. Um, mm-hmm. And we ended up, we got relegated. Leeds, Leeds came down to, to Bournemouth last game of the season, wrecked yeah. the town and, and wrecked our hopes of staying up. Um, and I sat in the stand and watched us go out, go out the league with a whimper, which was, which was you know really tough to take. Yeah, I'd imagine it would be um, the Villa move. Then, uh, like you say, when you go up and, and sign for them, did you were you blown away when when a team like that comes in for you? Did they look, sort of lay the red carpet out for you and stuff like that to sign? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, you know, it's a it's a big club in, in a big city. Um, if I'm honest, I never envisaged myself living in Birmingham, but there you go, you learn. <laughs> don't you? Um, you know, if I had the choice, I'd move back there tomorrow. Uh, I love the place. The place is the people are fantastic. The place is fantastic. Um, 
And again, it just seemed to fit. You know, I walked in. First training session was on a, a Tuesday morning at the Cadbury's factory. Might, might sound a bit weird, but... <laughs> I know, yeah. We were going straight to the airport for, for a, a two-week pre-season tour in Germany, which was all new to me. I, I'd never been anywhere on a pre-season tour in my life. So, you know, it was all new. And uh, I got over there, and my first room partner was um, Les Seeley, bless his soul. Um, and Les was really good with me. You know, he's a very experienced goalkeeper. You know, told me told me what to expect, what not to expect. Um, and again, I was lucky because I didn't know at the time that Ron had actually bought me to play. Um, I presumed he bought me to be in a squad. Um, but that wasn't the case. The case was he bought me to play and he put me straight in the team. Um, and again, I, I never really looked back. Yeah. What was it like? I mean, Ron Atkinson, what a, what a character he is. What, what was it like to play for him? Ron was what Ron is, you know, he was, he was flamboyant off the pitch and he wanted his team to be flamboyant on the pitch. He wanted us to get the ball down and play. Um, and I don't really think we let anybody down. You know, the first, my first season was, was the last season of the old first division. Um, and I think we finished 10th, I think, if I'm right, I might be wrong. And then, of course, the first year of the Premier League, we were runners up to United. And, and to be honest, we threw it away. Yeah. We should have won, we should have won the, the league. We were ten points clear at one stage and ended up losing it by ten points. Yeah, um, and we just we just bottled it in the end. I think I don't think we could we could cope with the pressure that was on us. Um, and then uh, the following season, obviously, we, we beat United in the Coca Cola Cup. So you know that was a great mark in my career, uh, going to Wembley and beating United. And then again, it all fell apart, and I fell out with Ron over an operation. Um, that I should have had months and months earlier, but put off to the end of the season. Uh, Ron pulled me out of an England an England squad, cost me three caps in the end, um, and we fell out over it. You know, so it was it was time to move on again. Um, as it happened, Ron went before me, so <laughs> which was <laughs> quite strange. <laughs> came in, uh, yeah. Well, I barely played a game that season. He, he, He'd let, I'd been on the bench most of the season and it was it was really frustrating, really annoying. And he was doing it to teach me a lesson. Um, and it, Because, it, you know, the players had no power in them days. It was all about the manager, what the manager said, the manager, that just the way it went. You know, if he, if he said jump through a hoop, you jump through a hoop. Yeah. I'm in the fire, you stuck your arm in the fire. Um, so he, he got the push before me and then Brian came in. Uh, I had a long chat uh, the night Ron got sacked to Doug Ellis because uh, I was on the transfer list and Doug sort of basically said uh, the new manager wants you to stay come off the transfer list so I did mm. uh, I trusted Doug to be honest with me and he was uh, and within I think we had the first Saturday we were off anyway we had no game um, and I was straight back in the team and obviously the first game the first game was Leicester away Brian's team that he just left so that was quite a, quite an event yeah, uh, you, I mean, you played with some cracking players at Villa at, at that time, uh, Sean. You've been you played alongside uh, Paul McGrath as well. What was it like to play alongside him? Well, Paul, Paul was exceptional. Paul was just a, a talent on his own. You know, he, he he never trained. His knees were knackered. He drank like a fish, but boy, could he play! Mm. Um, you know, his timing was impeccable. That was the one thing about Paul that never changed. His timing was just fantastic. Um, and, and and he was such a great lad to boot. You know, he was he was quiet, unassuming. But when you knew Paul, you knew Paul. We we for some reason from day one we got on like house on fire. Um, we trusted each other. If I said I was going to get that ball, he knew I'd get it, and vice versa. And it just it, for four years it was brilliant. Um, obviously the best four years of my career. It was just fantastic to play with him. Yeah. But then again, you know, I played with some other very, very talented people, Stan Staunton, yeah. uh, Andy Townsend, Kev Richardson, Davian Atkinson, Dean Saunders. You know, you can keep reeling them off the yeah. Mark Bosnich. They're all talented footballers in their own right. Uh, Yorkie, Dwight York was there as well, wasn't he? How, how good a finisher was was he? Well, Yorkie was, Yorkie was sort of classed as the young lad at the time. So 90% of the time it was Dino and Daly. And if they were fit, they played. Yeah. Um, and Yorkie would be a bit party, come on a sub if we needed to change the way we were playing slightly. Or, but Yorkie was a terrific talent, you know. Um, 
you know, he's, he's not fondly remembered at Villa because of the way he left kissing the United badge and all that after scoring. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah. you know, just never seems to go down well at, at, at your old club. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I never scored that many to kiss the badge, so I never bothered. <laughs> Um, you mentioned that you mentioned the time you finished runners up in that Premier League. Is that sort? Does that stick with you, Sean? That one, that, the one that got away, the one that you should have sort of wrapped that up. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, we had we had games, and no disrespect to them, we had games Coventry at home, Oldham at home, Blackburn away, and they were all they were all games we should have won. Really, yeah. You know, we probably only had to win three more games to have won it, and we just we couldn't do it. We couldn't get over the line. You know, we we coughed and spluttered. I think we we got beat by Oldham at home. We drew with Coventry at home. Blackburn smashed us three 0 at Ewood Park. Yeah. You know, we just I don't know the, the goal was dried up. Uh, the confidence sapped out of us, and we started from from looking like a team that was going to walk it. We just looked tired and drained. Yeah. Um, and we just, we just couldn't get going again. It just wouldn't happen. It was the way it was. It just well, we couldn't get going, and it just slipped away game by game. Yeah, but but like you say, that I mean, um, you did you did manage to win the the, the Coca Cola Cup against uh, Man United at Wembley. Uh-huh. You mentioned there. What what was that like walking out there and playing an, uh, an occasion like that at Wembley, and not just that, but beating a, a team like Man United on uh, uh, on that day? Well, I mean, the thing about beating, apart from it being United and, and probably one of the best United teams they ever had, yeah. likes of Cantona and Giggs and Keane and Hughes and Sharp all that, and. Yeah. Yeah, apart from the fact they were going for the treble the first time ever that a team would have won the treble. Yeah. So to stop them winning the treble after giving them the league the year earlier was a, was a bit of retribution from our point. Um, but the, 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 the whole Wembley experience, they're going down to London on the Thursday, they're, they're going to training camp, the, you know, the team being named to, to walking out at Wembley, you know, it was just, just a terrific experience. And, you know, I'm so glad I was lucky enough to get the chance because Thousands of players never get near Wembley. Um, I was the one, and we managed to have the celebrations after. Yeah, you played, of course, a number of times at Villa Park. Did you? Did, how much do you enjoy playing in front of the Villa fans here? Well, I have a, I have a, a very strong rapport with the Villa fans. I still have to this day because I still go down and work and do the corporate hospitality bit yeah. down there. Um, so I speak to fans all the time. You know, I speak to them online all the time. I just we, we have a, a mutual respect, I suppose. I gave them everything I had, and they give me everything they've got. And it's just it's always been good for me. To be fair, I could possibly say that's been the same wherever I've played. I've always had a good rapport with fans. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you mentioned there Brian Little comes in, but then you, uh, you leave the club in uh, in '95. Were you, were you sad to leave leave Villa at that time, Sean? Um, yes, I was. Uh, I spoke to my, my, my agent as I then had. <laughs> Big time then, wasn't I? I had an agent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had an agent down in London um, and he'd done a deal with, with Brian for a new contract. It was all sorted, basically, uh, apart from the, the, the little bits and bobs of the financial side of it. But they were going to give me a, at least another year. Um, and then everything changed because uh, Brian had decided he was going to he was going to try and or he was going to buy Chris Coleman um, mm. from Crystal Palace. And Chris was going for, I think, a record three million. Um, and Brian was pretty confident he'd get him. In fact, he was 99% sure he was going to get him. So it would have left me a little bit of odd man out. Um, yeah. So Brian came to me, Brian basically came to me and said, listen, this, this is what we're looking at. Um, you can stay, we'll give you a contract. We've got no qualms about keeping you, Sean, but you might not play very much. Uh, and he went, you know, sort of knowing you as I've, as I've known you the last three months, I can't see you liking that. So the shout's yours. Do you want to stay? New contracts? Or do you want to look elsewhere? I said, well, to be honest, Brian, I'd rather look elsewhere. I'm that age now. You know, I don't want to be sat in the stand at 31 going on 32. I want to be playing football. Yeah. And, and he, uh, true to his word, Brian, Brian said to me, I'll get you out of this club as cheap as I can. Now, Ron Atkinson had me on the transfer list at three million quid, which was never going to happen in a month of Sundays. Yeah. Um, so Brian got Brian uh, came to me one day and he says, "Listen, I don't think you'll be interested, but I'll, I'll let you know anyway." Tranmere have been in touch, and I knew Johnny King at Tranmere. I've known John a long time. And I went, "I'll speak to him." And he looked at me as if say, are "You are you for real?" I went, "No, I'll speak to him." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
my agent phones Trammy, he phoned me about a day later and he went, listen, he says, you're not going to believe what they're going to offer you. He said, you've got to go and speak to them properly. He said, they're, they're putting a fortune on the table for you to leave Villa and go to Trammy and, and out that league and into the Premier League. He says, they're putting the hat on it really and, and if you go, you won't worry about money too much again. So I was like, right, okay. So he told me what it was and I was like, oh, <laughs> what do you do now? I don't, I don't, I don't really want to leave Villa, but I've got nothing in my pension. This is just gonna, this is gonna overload my pension yeah. and, and secure my family. What do you do? You've got no choice in the end. You, you've got to take that step. And you know, I decided to leave. And I, I'm not disappointed that I left because, you know, I secured my family for the rest of our lives, um, or more or less. Um, yeah. You know, I was I was straight in the first team. I was made captain. I uh, after, well, Aldo was captain to start with, but that's, for some reason that changed. I was made captain. Um, and then the worst thing ever could happen, Johnny King got the sack mm. after 18 months and they gave the job to John Aldridge. And within within two days, I was stripped to the captaincy, out of the team, and basically told to get out of the club. He didn't want me. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but for, for, more, for almost a year, he didn't speak a single word to me. Wow. It dragged me into it. It dragged me into all the first. I never trained with the first team. It dragged me into all the first team games as though I was in the squad, and then leave me out of the team and off the bench. Wouldn't even pick me for the bench. So I, I ended up putting my. Yeah, he just played with me. Yeah, yeah. You know, Saturday mornings playing, uh, training with the kids. Um, you know, and it left a, it left a bad taste, a real bad taste. Um. So I went on loan to Preston for three weeks. Didn't work out. wasn't wasn't just wasn't right. So I got the offer to to disappear to Hong Kong for a year. Yeah, actually for three for three months on loan. Um, and I thought, you know what? Let, I'll speak to them and see what they're offering. Anyway, cut a long story short, they offered me exactly what I was on at Tranmere. Mm. And I thought, I've got to go because I've got to get out of this place. It's going to drive me. It's going to drive me nuts. I've got a year to go on my contract. Let's let me get out of here for three months minimum, and I can sort of just play football and enjoy myself. Yeah. So I went to John. I went into John uh, the first time he'd spoke to me in, in months and months and months, and I said, "Listen, uh, I can go on loan to uh, a team in Hong Kong." And his exact words: "What a great move that is." <laughs> and uh, I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, what what great move that is. Oh, dearie me. Um, so I said. Uh, I said, to, I said, oh, the only problem is, John, I can't go. And he said, what, why can't you go? I said, well, they'll only give me half the money I'm on. And yeah, so I'm not, I'm not cutting my contract short to take half, uh, a pay cut of half my money. He went, oh, not a problem. He says, we'll, we'll source out the other half for them three months. So I ended, up going to, I ended up going to Hong Kong for all my money plus half again. Yeah, just get your own back, don't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you know, Sean. <laughs> so that was me. Off, I jumped on a plane and off I went. Uh, and off I went over to Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the, the move to Motherwell, you mentioned there that Big Ron cost you uh, three caps for um, for your country. Um, how did all that happen? Oh, um, we'd... Uh, I'd been uh, I'd been put in a provisional squad by Terry Venables along with um, Ke- uh, Kev Richardson and Earl Barrett, and we'd been down to Waltham Abbey and done the the whole training session thing for a few days. Um, everything went well, and then there was a squad to be named at the end of the season. It was it was '94, so it was the year that um, all the Irish lads were over in America for the yeah, World Cup. World Cup, yeah. Um, England obviously didn't qualify, so these three games had been arranged with, you know, I can't even remember the teams that were in it. I think it was some, someone like Iran, somebody else, and somebody else. Yeah, just three games at Wembley in, in fairly quick succession. Um, so it was fully expected I'd be named in it. So we play at Wembley, we beat United. We're back into league action. We've got I think five games to go, maybe six games to go. We play Newcastle with four games to go at. Newcastle and Andy Cole um, clobbered me from, from the back uh, and did my Achilles um, quite badly didn't snap it but he did it bad enough for me to limp off and not play again that for the rest of the league games yeah. but by the time the league game was finished I was more or less fit 
and the England games went for another two weeks. So it was felt that I'd be okay. But behind my back, Ron pulled me out of the squad. He'd already pulled me out before I had any chance of being fit. Uh, within days of me injuring myself, he pulled me out straight away. Um, but then decided he'd take me all the way to South Africa for an end-of-season tour and make me play in three games. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, being as it was then, um, you do what you do what you have to do. So I went, um, you know, I got strapped up, I hobbled out, I played as well as I could on a, on a bad ankle. Um and then on the on the plane on the way home, I sat with Ron and, and the physio and we went through what I needed to get done. Obviously, my, my ankle would have healed itself. Yeah. But I also had a broken nose that Bozzy had done the day before the uh, cup final. He'd come out to punch a ball in a, for, for a corner, defending corners and punch me and snap my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. And I also... <laughs> <laughs> and I also had a hernia problem that had been ongoing for months and months and months. So it was decided I'd get my nose and my hernia done. Yeah. Have my have my family holiday, get my nose and hernia done, have an extra two weeks and come back when the Irish lads came back after the World Cup. And somewhere between Ron going to the World Cup and me going on a holiday and then getting my issues sorted out when I got back, everything changed. Uh and I was basically told I had to be in pre-season on the day, I had to be in pre-season on the same day as everybody else, which mm. would have left me uh, having had my nose rebuilt three days before in a pretty sticky situation. Um, so I refused to go. Yeah. I, I just refused. I said, no, I'm not going. And I argued with Jim Barron, who was the assistant manager. And I said, no, I'm not going. It's just not going to happen. There's no way I can get They were going to an army camp of all places as well. <laughs> God. Was like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm really going to go to an army camp with with a, a hernia repair. Jesus, um, that, that's a couple of weeks old, so I'm not even running straight yet. No, and and that was it's just been rebuilt. Um, I said I'm not going, so I refused to go anyway. Ron came back, read me the riot act, and start the season. That was me out of the team. And all he ever all he ever said to me was, "Well, it's your own fault." <laughs> so, what can you do? Huh? Yeah, so we fell out. Yeah. We fell out big time over it. You know, I, I, as you probably realise after my, my, what happened at Motherwell, I stand my ground. I don't, I don't let people walk all over me. It's not, it's not how the game is meant to be. It's not all about managers shouting no. the odds. Absolutely, I'm a firm believer that if you, I'm a firm believer if you got something to say, say it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the mother will move then, Sean. But did that just sort of come out the blue? Did it? Um, was that did your agent sort of suggest it because they were spending a bit of money back then no no, no, no the, the agents were nothing to do with it it was the weirdest conversation I've ever had I was actually I, I was actually back home in Southport well in the village Tarleton where I live now I was up, up a ladder at my neighbours <laughs> painting a window <laughs> and, and Carol ran out of our front door and shouted Sean there's someone on the phone from you <laughs> for, for your mother well and I'm looking at her as if say you don't be stupid woman <laughs> <laughs> so she says no 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 come on quick quick so I down the ladder uh, picks the phone up and it's uh, Willie McLean yeah and he's uh, like uh, hello Sean uh, <laughs> how are you doing oh I'm great yeah uh, Brian McLean's asked us to phone you um, we're looking for an experienced centre back and we and Brian's just gone through the the free transfer list and realise that you're available. Do you fancy coming up to Motherwell? Mm-hmm. Uh, train with us and see how things go. Uh, I went, yeah, no problem. Um, so me, Carol, packed the two boys up and off we went to Motherwell. There you go. Just <laughs> it was like that, that quick. <laughs> yeah. So we, we obviously, I, I, I needed to, the lads had been back a bit so they they were they were fit as such. I, I had to, a bit of work to do to catch up. And I think my debut was La Havre in a friendly. Mm. And I played as a trialist. <laughs> <laughs> I was the trialist. Um, but everybody knew what the trialist was. It was a bit weird. Yeah. Um, I played I played the game and um, the manager pulled me after and says, uh, we want you to stay. So it happened that quick, really. Yeah, um, you a couple of ex Tranmere boys were there as well. When Jed Brannan and Pat Nevin was there as well, did they sort of did you, did you hang about uh, with them? Well, when you went up? Jed, Jed, Tony Thomas, and Pat came after. So yeah, um, 
the club was sold to John Boyle yeah. at the end of, I think at the end of my first season, um, Harry Campman was kicked out the door, which was fully expected, I think. Yeah, I was going to ask um, about him, because he was, he never sort of took to Scottish football, didn't he? He was a sort of strange appointment oh, at the time. He was such a lovely fellow, though. It was such a shame, because he was such a really nice fella. Yeah. Um, really easy to get on with. Um, yes, was probably slightly out of his depth as, as, in footballing terms. Um, but he had a, we had a decent team. We were, we uh, were quite young guess. apart from you were quite young, apart from me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, and it was okay, you know. It, it was things were okay. Um, and then obviously he got the sack, and they, they gave Billy the job. Yeah, out, really out there, because Billy wasn't even in the team. Billy couldn't get near the first team. He was just training every day. And how Billy got the job is is well, is a bit of a mystery to this day, really. Mm. But he gave Billy the job. Um, first year with under Billy was okay. Jeg, like I said, Jeg came in, Tony Thomas, um, and then the goalie came in. Yeah, uh, you know, Don Goodman, and we sort of assembled a slightly aging team, as so, but you know, a very experienced team. Yeah. Um, and then the cracks started to show. Billy for Billy Billy for some reason decided he'd make uh, the goalie. Captain took the captaincy off me, mm. which you know I I, I wasn't going. You know the goalie was the goalie. I, I speak to Andy quite regularly mm. now, and you know we still get on famously, and we never fell out over it. It was never an issue. You know what what, what was to be was to be. Mm. Um, my biggest issue and, and the falling out part of me with Motherwell uh, on a whole was was the contract situation. Um, yeah. And none of it was led by me, which might sound a bit strange to a lot of people because a lot of people won't know the story at all because it will never have been told. Um, but I was in, we were shopping in East Kilbride at yep. the time. Uh, it, was the end of, it was the end of Billy's first season. We were, we were jetting off to LA to see my cousin who lived out there. Um, we were in East Kilbride doing some last minute shopping. My phone rang and it was Billy. Uh, great news, big man. Um, I spoke to the chairman. Um, and uh, he's agreed, there's a new deal on the table. Let's go away, have a great holiday. As soon as you get back, we'll tie all the details up and, and you're done. Right, brilliant, Bill. Thanks. That's all, mate. Off we go. Yeah. Go on, already. Get back, comes into training, gets into training. First day, does the preseason, goes to see Billy. Billy's nowhere to be seen. So I thought, right, well, I'll pull Pat. So I pulled Pat Nevin, who was obviously John Boyle's right-hand man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pat, Pat, listen, um, just want to know what's going on about this new contract. Uh, Billy phoned me in the summer, you know, and he, he said it, it was all sorted and I just need to sit down with the chairman. Well, let me check on it, Sean. I'll, I'll get back to you tomorrow. Right, tomorrow comes. Pat's, Pat's ducking and diving everywhere, doesn't want to speak to me. Yeah. Um, I finally collar him and it's like, well, the chairman doesn't know anything about it. Oh. And I'm like, Really? Billy said this and bit. Well, I don't know. You have to speak to Billy. So finally, call a Billy, and all Billy does is duck and dive. Yeah. Pat ducks and dives. Then all of a sudden, I get a note off Pat saying, "Chairman says he'll speak to you in, in November." Why November? Is anybody's guess? Yeah. See, see where we're at in see where we're at in November, and then we'll talk. November comes round. I goes to Pat. We were actually doing okay in the, by the November. Speaks to Pat. Um, Oh yeah, the chairman says um, after the summer break, uh, after the winter break, January. I'm like, are you taking the or what? I said, you just, you just, that's poor, you, you're that? just keeping it going. Yeah, you're just taking the Mickey. You're just keeping it going and going. I said, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So I didn't bite. I didn't bite. I just carried on, carried on playing. Um, got sent off at Celtic. Yeah. We we won one nil. <laughs> 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 was that? Did you get sent off what, after you were winning, or did they go on and win once you were once you were on the in the stand? Uh, <laughs> once I was in the stand, Kevin Kevin, Kevin Twaddle scored an absolute thirty yard scream. I think I remember that it was a, it was a beauty. I got sent off for fouling. Was it Mark Birchall? Yeah, um, but he never actually went down. He stayed on his feet and had a shot after I'd fouled him, and the referee brought it back and gave him a penalty, and then he missed a penalty. Mm. Um, I'm sat in the stand. We win one nil. Uh, 
nothing's really said. Um, and then we get we get to the winter break. We go to Portugal, and by this time, Billy had brought uh, Mio in as his assistant. Now, why he brought Mio in as an assistant, I'll never know because Mio actually gave nothing to the club. He was he, as a coach. As a coach, he gave nothing. He didn't. It, it was like it was like being coached by uh, a coach who, who was coaching ten-year-olds. Wow, that's how that's how pathetic the coaching was. Yeah. Um, I was lucky because at 35, I think I was at the time, almost 36, I was excused the afternoon training sessions, which mainly were with Mio. So I missed most of them. I had to do the odd one. But it was it was pathetic. Um, mm. We'd had the same kind of thing happened at Villa years earlier. Ron brought, do you remember Dave Sexton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they brought Dave Sexton in, and David do the odd, the, odd, the odd session with the first team. And it was, it was, you were practicing sliding on the floor to hook a ball to get up and run the other way. You know what I mean? Think, things you did when you were a kid. Yeah. Well, as as Premier League players, we were doing this with Dave Sexton. Well, this was this was like um, deja vu for me. We've got Mio. We've got Mio doing these stupid routines, and it's oh, oh no. Anyway, we get to the we get to the break, um, and I've, I've not mentioned anything about the contract to Billy. I've not even spoke to him about it by this time. And there was, there was a lot of media out in, um, in Portugal where we were. And every day they'd pass on little bits of snippets of what was in the papers in Scotland while we were out in Portugal. Yeah. And on one day a reporter gave me this little snippet and it basically, it basically it was Billy having a pop at me. And it was like, uh, Billy had put, uh, something like if, if the big man thinks he's, he's going to get that kind of money out of this club, he's got another thing coming. Dear me. Which really, really wound me up because I I haven't even spoke about money to anybody. Yeah, you know nothing. Nothing had ever been mentioned about a contract and what money will be in a contract. So I was by the time we got back from Portugal, I was fuming, mm. um, and uh, a Scottish media friend of mine, Derek McGregor. Do you know yeah, Derek? Yeah, 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 I do, yeah. I think he's at the Sun, I think. Well, I'd known Derek from years earlier down at Bournemouth. Yeah. So I knew Derek really, really, really well. So he phoned me on the Sunday morning and just said to me, uh, what was all that about with the contract thing? And I went, right, get your pen and paper. You can write this as an exclusive and you can put it in tomorrow if you don't mind, mm. Derek. Uh, I said, but it might upset a few people. And I just, I, I blew, I, I, I just basically called everybody what I thought they were. Yeah. Um, you know, liars, cheats. Yeah. I, I, I put, I think I put in there that, um, John Ball was only interested in a player if, if he was making him money. Otherwise he was just another useless piece of meat that he didn't want, which is basically how it was anyway, as footballers. Yeah. You know, if you weren't doing the business, you were just a useless piece of meat and you were left to rot. Yeah. Um, and I called them everything. I got, I actually got a letter off a solicitor in Edinburgh John Bull's solicitor threatened to sue me for libel. Oh, dearie me. Yeah. The only thing is, for calling someone a liar, you can't be done for libel. So it never went anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I went in on the Monday morning, the day it was the day the paper came out. Uh, and the kit man, there was no kit for me for training. So I, I think I knew what was going on. Um, the, the manager wants to see you. So I walked in the office and, and I knew it had happened. It was in there. Mio was in there. Well, I couldn't help myself. I just, I, I tore a strip off Mio before I even spoke to Billy. <laughs> Billy was sat behind this, and you know Billy's only very small. He was sat yeah. behind this huge desk with, with this head that looked like it was about to explode. Um, but terrified, and I, I, I just, I didn't hold back. Yeah. I said what I thought. I knew what was coming. I said what I thought. Um, I called them what I wanted to. And in the end, they just went, you know what, you can off. And uh, I walked out because I knew they were going to sack me anyway. Yeah. Um, but he basically, what he'd done is he'd said to me, "Well, the chairman's not happy. We're going to suspend you with no with no pay for two weeks." And I've been a PFA rep in England for years, so <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew how it worked. So I, I just said to Billy, "Listen, do yourself a favour, get the manager's book out and read how it works, Billy, because obviously you're that naive. You don't know how this whole thing works. Yeah, you either suspend me." Or you find me, but you can't do both. So what's it going to be? Right, well, we'll suspend you for two weeks. Fine, see you later. 
I picked my. I, I didn't actually even pick my boots up. I just walked out, jumped in the car, and drove home. <laughs> um, and Tony Thomas dropped my boots off later in the day. Uh, and I, I trained for two weeks. I kept training on my own every day. I went out and I ran, kept my fitness up. Yeah. Um, but I knew I was. I knew I wasn't going to play again for Motherwell. I knew it was over. Yeah. Um, and that was that, really. Yeah, it's, it's sad, sad how it sort of sort of ended there, but but you're quite right. Yeah. I mean, they, they just pissed you about, you know what I mean? So you, you can't you can't you can't accept that. Um, what what was going to well, say? If, if in that summer, Billy said, "Listen, I'll speak to the chairman, but there's no promises. We'll speak when yeah. when we get back to pre-season. I'll let you know how how the conversations have gone." And if he did turn around and said, "Listen, it's your last year. The chairman, you'd be 36. The chairman doesn't really want to spend money on a 36 year old." I'd have gone. You know what, Bill? Fine, yeah. no problem. You know I'll give you every. I'll give you. I'll give you everything I've got this season, and we'll we'll part company, shaking hands. But no, and I came across Billy so many times after that down in England, mm. um, and he couldn't. He couldn't even speak, so he couldn't face me. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was manager at Preston, and I was manager of a tiny little club called Bursco. Yeah. Um, that I took to the FA Trophy now. and we played we played press in pre-season and I played against them obviously because I was playing manager mm-hmm. and he couldn't even speak to me he couldn't even look at me <laughs> and when, when the game finished he, when, it, when the game finished he legged it down the tunnel so he was in the changing room so I couldn't confront him about anything I wouldn't have anyway it wasn't my place by then but wow. yeah. so Sweet. I should write a book actually about you, you I should, should write a book about all my managers you, you, you should Sean it'd be a bestseller absolutely <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to touch on when you're at when you're at Motherwell. Um, of course, you, you you played like you said you played against Celtic. You played against uh, both sides of the old firm. What, did you enjoy going to the likes of Parkhead and Ibrooks and, and playing against them? Um, yes, to a point. I mean, we never did very well at Rangers. To be fair, it wasn't it wasn't a good hunting ground for us. Yeah. Um, well, you know that that first season when they had, when they had the likes of Michael Moles and all the stars there, it was it was an experience. They beat us four, I think four nil yeah, in the end. I think they scored but four we, goals. I think that day. Yeah, we, I mean we 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 gave it twenty minutes. We we were pretty decent. Twenty five minutes, and then he got one. And I think at half time it was two, and then they they overran us second half. We did well to get away with four, if I'm if I'm honest. Yeah. Um. The the, the one thing that always. Um, resonates with the with the Celtic thing. Apart from winning at, at um, Parkhead that day, was they beat us seven one at Fir Park, mm. um, and Hendrik Larsson just ripped us to pieces. Yeah, you know. Um, but he, you know, another exceptional talent that was probably wasted being in Scotland too long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there's there's no doubt about that. See when you went, see, when yeah. you came up to Scotland, Sean. I mean, a lot of people, that, especially down south, they sort of poo poo that the Scottish game, and, and a lot of players that come up. Uh, underestimate how how difficult it is. How did you find it when you came up? Um, no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I found it difficult. Um, I found the referees difficult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not changed. <laughs> they certainly are. They certainly are, and were a breed of their own at the time. I mean, some of the decisions you you, you look at it and think, "What have you seen there?" Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you see that every week in all football now. You know, the, the game's changed that much. But yeah, I, I mean, as for playing. You know, you, apart from your Celtic and your Rangers that were were really big games, and you knew you were going to be really up against it from start to finish. Everybody else really was was sort of on an even keel. You know, yeah. you could go to Hearts and Aberdeen and win, but you knew quite well if you didn't perform at home, they they beat you at your place. Yeah. So, I suppose it was it was like it, it was it was a two man league or a two team league, and the rest the, the rest were playing for third, and whoever finished third had had a good season. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed going to Aberdeen and playing up there, and I enjoyed going to the Dundee, both Dundees, and playing them. And you know, every ground was different. Kilmarnock was different. You know, um, I mean, it probably meant that I played in more or less every football ground in in the UK in the end. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'd probably not be far off as well because I mean, like you've played a lot of non-league games as well, so. Um, probably yeah. not far off. And t- touching on, I mean, you touched on it a wee bit there as well when you took Bosco to the to that FA Trophy. That must be a proud moment for you when you stepped into the the management game. Yeah, um, I was I was I was at Southport at the time. Um, we finished the season. The manager had been really well. He hadn't really told us what was going on. Um, and before he before he actually came back to us about contracts, and he, he didn't really offer me one anyway because I was thirty eight, I think. Mm. Um, the chairman who I knew at Boom at, at Berska has offered me the job as player manager. 
Um, and obviously, I you know I jumped at it. Um, it was something I wanted to try my hand at to see if I could to see if I could manage to see if I could do it different than I'd been treated. That was the one thing that that I always said I would do if I, if I got the chance. You know, I would I would treat people like people, players like players, and not like idiots. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we didn't have a great league season. I think we finished sixth and bottom really um, over the but. To be fair, the, the FA Trophy took over after so long. You know, the, the league games became, it became just just stay safe so we can't go down, but we put everything into the FA Trophy. Because <laughs> I think we actually played something like 16 games to get to the final in total with replays. Oh, I yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, we played a lot of games. Um, but every time, every time we pulled the shirt on for an, FA, for an FA Trophy game, we were a different team. You know, we... we we did stupid things like we went to we went to Yeovil in the quarter final, and Yeovil haven't lost a game all season. They just beat Southport in the conference mm-hmm. six at Hoosh Park, and we had to go to Hoosh Park, and everybody thought we'd get absolutely smashed. Mm-hmm. We won the game two 0 You know, we 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 literally dug a, a trench on the edge of our eighteen yard box, yep. put the tin helmets on, and we stood on the eight and we never moved, and we said to our two forwards. Um, Gary Martindale, who was who was uh, very experienced, and young Pete, Peter Wright, who was quick and a good finisher. When we get when you get the ball, do something with it. Help us, just do something with it. Yeah. Um, Peter got a breakaway in the first half. No one was going to catch Peter once he was free. Finished it one nil, and then we got a second one halfway through the second half, and, and just closed shop, and that was it. And they couldn't get near us. They couldn't. They they, they never threatened to score really. And you know, and then we Aylesbury home and Aylesbury were a league above us. You know, we went we went away and drew, beat them at home. Funny enough, beat them at home with a last minute penalty from myself, which was quite strange. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I took the penalty because I was because I was player manager. I took the I took the penalty because I didn't want the pressure being on any of the lads. Yeah. If I missed it, I could I could handle it. Yeah, could they have handled it? They had careers to still think of, you know. Mm. So I took it and just smashed it down the middle as as I normally did. Mm-hmm. So we were we were off to Villa Park, which was for me was was everything. Going back to Villa Park to play in a, a, an FA Trophy final live on national TV. Yeah. Um, at, at forty, I was forty by then. Um, was just was everything. Yeah. Was yeah. everything. Um, and we, we you know Tamworth had just got just got promotion to the conference. Yeah. Um, and we beat them two one. And to be fair, we beat them quite easily two one. You know, we we were never really in danger. Um, and it was yeah a very proud moment, and then I got sacked five weeks later. <laughs> That's football, isn't it? It's just it's 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 brutal at times, isn't it? It's just it's crazy. Oh, yeah, uh, politics of football. It was put down as oh dear, <laughs> very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did whatever, you, whatever that means. <laughs> did you have, did you have uh, aspirations to maybe continue at the management and, and maybe further up the pyramid at all, Sean? Was that something uh, you didn't didn't fancy doing? No, you know. You know my problem was I didn't want to do, I didn't want to spend the hours doing my badges I couldn't be bothered yeah. it was some I, I suppose I was a bit old school you know oh I played the game I played you know six hundred football game uh, games of football as a pro whatever why do I need to do badges yeah. and at that time they weren't the be all and end all obviously now they're the be all and end all of everything yeah um, and I couldn't be bothered I, I really couldn't be bothered so I I, I left. I left Burstead, I took over at Northwich as a, as a caretaker. Uh, they were already down, really. We got relegated out of the conference. They didn't give me the job. I, I ended up at Chorley. I had 18 months at Chorley. Then the chairman and the owner, well, the owner decided to take all his money out and left us with nothing. Um, mm. And we were scratching around for players because we had to let all our contract players go. And I thought, you know what? This is ridiculous. What am I doing? I don't need this. Yeah. I don't need to be in a game that's going to treat me like this. So I, I, I resigned and walked away and, and never went back. And I just, you know, I never, I never played for another club. I just, I actually bought a pub, which was the worst thing I ever did, but hey, ho. <laughs> <laughs> that's another, that's another story. Um, you know, and, and I moved on. Um, and I've, I've been lucky. I've had breaks in the, in, in, still in the game. I went, I went and coached out in the, in the States for three years. Yeah. Um, at, a gra- at a grassroots football club in the States thoroughly enjoyed it had a great time um, the only thing was the wife was missing the grandkids so she wanted to come home so after three years we came back 
Yeah, um, but I'm still lucky. I still get out, I still get out and about. So for Villa, for the foundation at Villa, um, usually in the summer we go away and do a, a coaching clinic with uh, a lad called Mark Lillis. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, Mark. yeah, dude, I do know him. He's former Bradford, doesn't he? He was, he was at Bradford for a bit, was he? Uh, yeah, well, Mark, Mark's um, Mark's a, a pro licensed coach, yeah. so. Um, basically, with my little with my little badge, I can go anywhere with Mark and coach. Um, so we went to China the year before last. We went to Australia last year. Superb. Uh, we, we would have been going to Australia this year, but obviously with the pandemic, everything's off now. Yeah. Um, so that's it. I'm in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, like the rest of us, I know it's a it's a it's hard time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just going to ask you what what you're sort of up to at the minute, of, apart from the uh, the virus that's affecting us all there, Sean. How's it? I guess that's how you're keeping yourself busy. No, I've been back uh, painting, decorating for well for years now, on and off. Um, every time there's a lull in football, I used to go back to my painting and decorating. Yeah. Um, so I work for myself on my own. I just go out every day. I'm still painting outside, even in this these bad times. I can still do outside work. So yeah. it, I keep ticking along. I don't I don't kill myself because I don't want to kill myself. Um, you know, I had a week a week off last week and did some work around our garden and what have you. You know, just trying to enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent stuff. Well, Sean Teal, I think that'll do is there. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. I've I've, uh, I've really enjoyed the chat. It's been terrific. You're welcome. No problem, Derek. Well, that was episode 43 of the Talking Football Podcast with Sean Teal. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you want to listen to any previous episodes, you can catch them all on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud and Podbean. We're also on Twitter at Talking underscore Football and Facebook as well. I hope you can join me again next week for yet another belter of an interview. But until then, bye for now.